you know what? Why don't you just grab the hand of that beautiful new girlfriend next to you? Maybe she's a new girlfriend. Maybe she's a, I won't say old girlfriend. Maybe you've had her as a girlfriend for a long time. Maybe she's a treasured girlfriend. That's better, isn't it? <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And God, right now, we just lay aside distractions. We lay aside the cares of life, the busyness of our morning, the things awaiting us later in the day. God, we just set it all aside right now. We fix our attention and our focus on you. And Father, we just invite you to come and speak to each and every one of us. God, we open our ears, our hearts to receive from you this morning. Have your way in and through us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. Well, ladies, I have a question for you this morning. And I want you just to kind of answer this within your own heart, just to yourself. What is hope? How would you describe hope? If you had to explain to someone what hope is, how would you describe it? What would you tell them? What is hope? Just answer that within yourself. All right? You know, I think in church life especially, we talk a lot about faith, but we don't talk quite as much about hope. And we use that term so casually in life, don't we? We just say, oh, we hope for all these different things. I hope the weather cools down. I hope my team wins the game. I hope those boots that I saw at the mall go on sale. <laughs> I hope the yogurt shop has my favorite flavor today. We use that word so lightly, so casually in life. But do we have a 100% guarantee on any of those things? No, they're really nothing more than just our wishes, our desires, right? But hope is different. We use that word, but that's not really what hope is. Hope, when the Bible talks about hope, it's talking about a confident expectation, that for which we have a sure guarantee. We don't even have to wonder for a second. Something that we can be 100% confident of. Now, anything that's based on man, that's based on humans in this world, has the potential to let us down, to disappoint, to fall through. But ladies, we've got to recognize that we have an absolute guarantee of everything that is based on God, everything that stems from God. We have a guarantee of everything he has said, all of his promises. That is true hope. Only true hope comes from God, is found in God. Jesus is the hope of the world. And because of his death, we have 
the confident hope of being able to live in relationship with him every day on this earth. And we have the confident hope, that confident expectation of spending eternity with him in heaven. Most of us know the scripture, John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. We have that confident assurance. So we need to recognize how vitally important that hope is in our life. You see, the Bible is full of God's promises. He promises us relationship when we believe. He promises us eternal life with him when we believe on him. But there are so many other promises in his word. Once we come into that relationship, once we believe in him, he has all these promises for us that he wants to cause to unfold in our lives that he wants us to grab a hold of. But you know, I think so often we get hope a little bit backwards and we lay all of our wishes, all of our desires and plans out before God and we say, okay, God, here it is. I am confidently expecting that you are going to make all of this happen for me. But you know what? God is not a genie in a bottle. He is not there to wave a wand and make all of our wishes and desires come to pass. He wants our desires to become his desires. He has plans. He has purposes for each and every one of us. Every one of us. He wants us to let our hearts get wrapped around those things so that our desires become his desires. The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. He has better plans for every single one of us than we could ever have for ourselves. Hope is foundationally vital to living a life that's connected with God. You know, in Hebrews 11.1, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means we can't have faith without hope to attach our faith to. Hope is vitally important. And Hebrews chapter 6 talks a lot about hope. And so we're going to spend most of our time this morning looking at several verses in Hebrews chapter 6. And in verse 10, it says that, that God has seen the good things that we've done, the diligence and the sincerity that we have used in doing good things for people, in ministering to others, in helping and caring for others. But then in verse 11 is where we're going to pick up this morning. It says, and I want to read verse 11 to you from the Amplified Bible. I love the Amplified Bible because sometimes it just draws out the meaning a little bit more from the original writing. And it says, But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show that same diligence and sincerity. The same diligence and sincerity that you use in caring for others. Use that same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. So in other words, say now, every single day, until the end, as long as there is life and breath within you, with diligence and sincerity, realize and enjoy 
the full assurance of hope that has been given to you by God. Realize it more every day. I think sometimes we don't realize fully the hope that we have in God. We take it for granted. Sometimes we don't even think about it. We need to be realizing more and more every day. You see, as long as there's breath within us, we can continually capture more of a revelation of the hope we have in God because our finite minds cannot fully get around what God has done for us, all of his promises, the hope that we truly have in him. So we need to let that grow and we need to realize it and have a greater revelation of the hope we have in him continually. And then it says, enjoy living in that hope. You know, when our revelation of that hope grows and increases on the inside of us, it increases our joy because it's not about a temporal joy. It's not about joy that's based on a circumstance or on a relationship or pending on another person, what they're going to do or not do. It's supernatural joy that comes only from God. And when, when our revelation of the hope we have in him grows and continually increases in us, there is incredible joy that comes along with that. And that's where God wants us to live, in that joy of the hope that we have in him. And then it says, diligently develop that hope within us. Did you realize that we can actually cause our revelation of that hope to expand within our hearts? We have a part in that, and we need to work to diligently develop that hope within us, the hope of God, the hope of his promises within us. And you might be sitting here thinking, well, I never really thought about that. I mean, Jesus paid the price. He, he provided hope for us through his death. We have hope of life in him on this earth and beyond. We have hope of his promises. He's given us his word. It's already been given us, it to us. So why do we have to work to diligently develop that? Well, the very next verse tells us why. Look at verse 12. It says, Then... You will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. I like the way it reads in the Amplified. It says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. Anybody in this place want to be a spiritual sluggard? I don't think so. Nobody wants to be a spiritually, spiritual sluggard. Nobody wants to be spiritually dull and indifferent. But you know what? It's easy to take the hope we have in God for granted. It's easy to even lose sight of it amongst the busyness of life, amongst the cares of life. But we've got to guard against that because it tells us right here that that will cause us to become spiritually dull, to become spiritual sluggards, which is not the life God has for us. And I know it's not the life that any of us want. So verse 12 continues on. Instead, it says, instead of being spiritual sluggards, instead you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. So instead of being spiritual sluggards, instead of growing dull, learn from the example of those who've gone before you. Learn from the example of those who have held on to hope and seen God's promises unfold in their lives. 
And then, in the next several verses, it gives us an example. It doesn't just tell us, go find someone. It actually gives us an example of someone who held on to God's promise and saw God's promise unfold in his life. And it gives us the example of Abraham. Now, we're not going to take time to look at the whole story of Abraham today, but I do want to talk about it for a few moments. If we were to take the time to look back, we can find in Genesis 15 where God speaks to Abraham in a vision. And so God appears to Abraham in this vision, and he starts talking to Abraham and and letting him know that he's going to protect him and bless him. Do you know what Abraham's response to that was? He starts grumbling. He starts complaining. He actually says, well, what good are your blessings going to do to me, God? I don't even have a child. I don't even have an heir to inherit blessings. My servant's going to have to be my heir because you have left me childless. And he's grumbling. He's complaining. He's discouraged. He's blaming God. And he's in a place of just feeling hopeless. And God was just about to speak the promise into his life. God is amazingly gracious. I mean, I think if that was, if I was God in that scenario, I would have been like, well, I was just about to give you a promise, but until you change your attitude, uh, I'm out of here. Maybe that sounds familiar in conversations with your children, (laughs) but God is not like that. He is so unbelievably gracious and loving. And right in the middle of Abraham's Grumbling right in the middle of his complaining and his hopelessness, God stepped into that place of hopelessness with hope in the form of a promise. And he said, Abraham, you will have a child, and your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky. And so Abraham grabbed a hold of that promise. Now you've got to realize Abraham was 75 years old. Sarah was 65 years old, but they held on to that promise for a long, 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 long time. (laughs) Even when natural circumstances did not look good at all. They were old. They had to be looking at themselves going, "Mm, I don't really know if everything still works here. Uh, We're past childbearing years. Uh, This just is not looking so good. They held on to hope. They waited. But did you know that they didn't wait all that well? They weren't the picture-perfect waiters. They didn't wait perfectly. In their waiting, they made a lot of mistakes. And I think it's really interesting that this is who God puts right here as our example. He says, follow those who have held on in hope and seen the promise unfold in their lives. And here's your example. They didn't wait so well. I think it's just like God. I think it's just like God to say, you know what? They're human just like you. You might make some mistakes along the way. You may have already made some mistakes in the waiting. Doesn't change the promise. Doesn't negate the promise. Abraham and Sarah, they made their share of mistakes. Their emotions tried to get the best of them. Sarah even laughed at the promise at one point, doubting in her own heart. 
And then she'd beat herself up, which women are so good at. Well, I must be the problem. It must be all me. I, I just can't have a child. It's all my fault. And then she decides to do what none of us would ever think of doing. She decides to take matters into her own hands. And she says, well, maybe, maybe since I just can't do this thing, maybe um, you should just sleep with my maid. And she'll be kind of, you know, like a surrogate, kind of. And, um, and we'll just have a son that way, because God obviously needs our help. And so we need to help God out in this matter, Abraham, don't you think? And Abraham's all man. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't say anywhere that he argued with that. And uh, apparently he was happy to oblige. And so he did have a son with Sarah's maid. And that was not the promise that God was talking about. And that created a real mess and created all kinds of issues and strife and problems between Sarah and her maid and Sarah and Abraham and far worse than that. It created a huge mess. Ladies, God does not need our help. <laughs> In case you didn't know it, no matter how long it's taking, I promise God does not need our help. And we so want to help him, don't we? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. We want to help him out, but God does not need our help. And whenever we try to help, we end up making a mess of things. But do you know what happened after that, after Abraham has a son with Sarah's maid, what happened? God reappears to him. Does God say, you blew it. Forget it. It's over now. Forget it. No, he doesn't. God reappears and reaffirms the promise. Wow. He says, Abraham, I said, you and Sarah are going to have a son. And that promise kept pulling Abraham and Sarah back and anchoring them to the expectation of what God would do. They didn't wait perfectly, but that hope never died within them. They knew, and they kept getting pulled back. God made a promise here. And eventually... 25 years later, in God's perfect timing, they saw that promise come to pass. God's promises have a 100% guarantee. God is not a man. He is not capable of lying. His promises are true. We need to hold on to them. Hold on in hope with that confident expectation, knowing that what he said is true. And then let's pick it up in verse 16 there. After giving us the example of Abraham, it says, Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. 
Verse 18 says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, that's all of us who believe in him, we can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. It is impossible for God to lie. So we can have hope. We can have hope. We can have confident expectation, knowing there is a sure guarantee of all of his promises. We've got to recognize that and realize these aren't just nice words on pages in our Bible. These are God's promises to us. We need to let hope grab a hold of those promises because hope has amazing power in our lives, in our everyday lives, in all that we do. The next verse tells us what that power is. It says, the hope this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. It brings us into God's very presence. But I love the first part of this verse. It says, hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Hope, it's an anchor for our souls. Isn't that a beautiful thought? It's an eloquent thought. Songs are written about it. We sang about it this morning. The anchor holds within the veil. But you know what? I have a hard time, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time with wonderful sounding thoughts th that are out there that are just a little bit ambiguous and vague and well, what exactly does that mean? I, wanted, I want clarity. I want to know what exactly does that mean for me every day? How do I apply that to my everyday life? Hope is an anchor for my soul. What exactly does that mean? And I don't want us to leave here today thinking, oh, isn't that a beautiful thought? I want us to recognize how that works out in our everyday lives. Think about what an anchor does. An anchor, if it is dropped properly from the boat, it keeps the boat from drifting off. It keeps it from going aground. It keeps it safe and secure. Okay? And what is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So let me illustrate it to you. Last week, I shared with you a little bit of one of the stories of my life, of what God has done in my life. And that when I was going through one of the most difficult times of my life and felt like everything I had ever known was being pulled out from underneath me and everything seemed to be crumbling around me, circumstances seemed hopeless, I was hurting and discouraged, and just like God spoke a promise to Abraham in the midst of his hopelessness. God spoke to me through his word in the midst of that time and spoke a promise that just jumped off the pages of his word to me from Psalm 40. And he assured me that he heard my cry, that he'd bring me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps and put a new song in my mouth, praise to my God that many would see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And that promise just leapt in my heart. Hope became alive in my heart. Did the hurt disappear overnight? No. 
Did circumstances turn around immediately? Did things change overnight? No. But I had the hope that God had a future for me, that he wasn't going to leave me in that pit, that he was going to pull me up out of that place, that he had things ahead for me. He still had purposes ahead for me. He wasn't done with me. I had this confident assurance that I could go forward with him one step at a time. But I still had to walk it out one step at a time, one day at a time in order to come through that most difficult time. But because of that promise from God, I had the confident expectation that became an anchor for my soul. And so that anchor was dropped. And even when times were difficult and challenging and my thoughts wanted to carry me way off course. And my thoughts were overwhelming with fear and anxiety and worry. And what are you going to do about this? And what's going to happen with this? And how am I ever going to deal with this? And where am I going to live? And what about my job? And what about, what about, oh, and all of the worry and fear. You know what happened? Hope pulled me back. It was that anchor that pulled me back, that wouldn't let me get too far off course. (laughs) Ladies, it's an anchor. It secures us when our thoughts want to go crazy. And you know as well as I do that in the matter of three seconds, one thought can take us into a thousand thoughts and lead us into a, a downward tailspin like that. We've got to let hope be that anchor for our soul, for our thoughts. And when my emotions wanted to get the best of me, when my emotions were so overwhelming and I was experiencing every emotion imaginable in the course of every five minutes of every day and I was feeling angry and hurt and drowning in rejection and abandonment and feeling like I just wanted to be a victim and just wanted to feel sorry for myself and drift way off here in self-pity. Hope was that anchor that pulled me back on course because I had that confident expectation that God had things ahead for me. And when my will wanted to just get stuck and just turn my back on everything and say, forget it. I'm just staying put. I'm just going to be stagnant. I'm just going to drop into that pit and stay here forever. I don't want to go forward. I want to pull the covers up and stay here forever. When my will wanted to make that choice, hope brought me back. When my will wanted to make stupid decisions, that would have led me way off course. Hope brought me back. Hope will be an anchor for our souls, keeping us on course with what God has for us, if we allow it to be. It's not just a pretty thought. It's not just a beautiful song that we sing. It affects how we live out every day. 
We need to allow our hearts to grab a hold of God's promises, have confident expectation that they will come to pass. And when we allow our hearts to expand with the revelation of his promises and that confident expectation grows within us, it becomes that active anchor daily for our souls. So I want to ask you this morning, what are God's promises that you're clinging on to, that are breathing hope into your life. You know, the word is so full of his promises for us. It tells us that he's a very present help in time of need. Maybe you're in a place of need. Grab hold of that promise and don't let go. It says that he's our redeemer, our restorer, our deliverer, our comforter. Whatever you're in need of today, he has a promise for that situation. Grab a hold of it. He promises to heal the brokenhearted. Maybe you've been feeling overwhelmed with a broken heart. He has a promise for you today. He will heal the brokenhearted. He promises to supply our every need according to his riches and glory. He promises to give wisdom to those who ask for it, who are lacking wisdom. His word is full of promises. Do we just skim over them? Do we just skim past the pages and think, oh, that's a nice thought. Oh, that's great. God is good. Or do we grab them and let them become an anchor for our souls? Ladies, I think too often... Christians just exist through life thinking, well, God's going to do whatever he wants to do. He's asked us in these verses to follow examples of others, to grab a hold of hope and hold on and hold on and hold on no matter how long it takes, knowing that he is faithful to accomplish his promise. And too often we don't have that anchor for our souls. And we live like crazy women with our thoughts going crazy, living in fear and worry and all over the place, letting our emotions make us an emotional roller coaster. We're moody, we're up and down. Our family's going, what in the world is wrong with her? Mom needs a pill today for sure. Somebody please take care of that. We end up making decisions that are not wise decisions. Why? Because we're not letting hope anchor our souls. We've got to be women that allow our hearts to expand and let hope be breathed afresh into our hearts today. God wants to expand our hearts with more of the revelation of the hope that we have in him. He wants us to grab a hold of the confident assurance of his promises and allow them to be a living, active anchor that keeps us on track, safe, secure, stabilized every single day. Amen? And you know, maybe you're here this morning and you realize there's an area of your life that you need to allow hope to expand a little more fully. Or maybe you realize that 
you do just kind of skim past those promises and don't really grab them for yourself. Or maybe you think, well, those are good for other people, but you haven't actually had that confident expectation for yourself realizing God does not lie. You can have that confident expectation. Maybe you haven't had that for yourself. Maybe you can think of times in the past when you held on to a promise, but then you saw it fulfilled and now you're just kind of coasting through, existing, not continually grabbing a hold of new promises. We should be continually, daily, grabbing a hold of God's promises for our life. His word is full of promises. He wants us to experience his fullness every day, but we've got to grab a hold of them and expect those things to happen. And so wherever you're at, wherever you're at in, in life and whatever kinds of circumstances you're facing, and whether you've not grabbed a hold of hope for yourself or maybe you're just realizing today you need a fresh hope expanded in your hearts, I want to pray for everyone in this room today. Would you just bow your heads and just begin to talk to God in your own heart about where you're at and what he's been speaking to you today? that area that you need to let hope expand. Let him breathe promises into your heart today. Father, I just pray right now for every woman in this place today, God. Father, I am asking that you would breathe hope afresh in their hearts. God, I pray that today we would recognize our part, that we can't just exist through life, but you've given us promises that you want us to grab a hold of. And Father, I pray that every woman in this place today will truly begin to let faith expand, let hope expand. God, I pray that, that we will grab a hold of your promises for our lives individually. God, that we won't become spiritually dull indifferent, sluggish, but God, that we will recognize promises that you want to unfold in our lives. We'll grab a hold of them. We'll hold on. We will not let go, and we will see those things come to pass. God, I pray that we would be women who will see your promises unfold in our lives like never, ever before. God, do all that you want to do. Help us to walk into the fullness of your plans and your promises for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. And ladies, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed right there, I just want to ask, you know, maybe you're here today and earlier as we talked about that hope we have of living in relationship with God and the hope, that confident assurance we have of spending eternity in heaven with him. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I don't really know for sure that I have that confident expectation. I don't really know for sure that, that I'm living a life connected with God. I don't know for sure that I'll spend eternity in heaven with him. His arms are open wide, and he just wants to embrace you and start relationship with you today. And all we have to do is ask. 
He sent Jesus to die for you. And he said if we would just believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he's raised from the dead and confess him as Lord of our lives, we'll be saved. You know what that means? It means we'll be saved from trying to do life all on our own. We'll be able to live with him daily. Saved. It also means that we'll be saved from the punishment for our sins and be able to spend eternity with him in heaven. And all we have to do is ask him to be the Lord of our lives. And so if you want to have that hope, that confident expectation today, I would love to have the honor of just praying with you. And we're all going to just pray together right here, just right in your seats where you're at. But if you want to have a relationship, your own personal relationship with God, or if you're here today and you say, I just want to get back on track. I know I've become spiritually sluggish, dull, complacent, and I want to recommit my life to God today on either one of those counts, to recommit your life or to start a new relationship. Would you just as a sign of your faith, while nobody's looking around, to slip up your hand and just say, I'm in. I'm in. Count me in. Awesome. Five. Six hands. Awesome. Anyone else? His arms are open wide. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want us all to pray this prayer together. There's nothing special about my words, but just let your heart wrap around these words as we pray together, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my father, that you sent Jesus to die for me so that I can live with you and spend eternity with you. And right now I surrender my life to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I choose to live with you every day from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. There were at least seven hands raised this morning. Can we give those ladies a hand? <laughs>